previously on Disco Elysium. My God. Sorry? It's you. My God, I didn't think I would hear your voice again. Why did you even call? I don't understand. You've been gone for months. I thought you didn't care. Of course I cared. It's just that I've been going through some tough times. It's so nice. It's so nice to be able to finally forget. Silence. The only thing you can hear now is static and waves. Washing ashore on the bay. As we stand next to the call box with Kim Kitsuragi, we decide we have to move forward and leave the call box behind. We'll continue counterclockwise in the plaza, heading southwest at 7 o'clock. We notice a trash can off to our right. There are bottles inside. We could pick them up if we had a bag. Continuing onward, we see a little girl standing in front of what looks to be a bookshop. Numerous bookstands are set up outside. She stands patiently in the cold, with her hands folded. Before we head over there, we see a little post box to our left. This mail collection box has been heavily vandalized with graffito. A closer inspection reveals two bullet holes in the front. We think about kicking and cursing it, but instead we path the box. Good mail delivery box. The box seems happy. Just then our perception kicks in. We successfully roll. We notice what the graffiti says. Multiple curse words and vulgarities. Been there, mail collection box, we tell it. Our morale is suddenly healed plus zero. The mail collection box seems cathartic. Thankful, even. So do we. We shudder, then we swallow. Our shivers kicks in. We roll success. And then suddenly you see it. Over all the other graffitos someone has, using the tip of a very sharp knife. Cut the words, Ravichal forever. We get ourselves together and leave. We head over to the little girl and the bookcases which she stands in front of. We have a brief glance at some of the books. One book has a rose, a pistol, and a half-naked dame on its cover. Another, a very muscular man on the cover, surrounded by flames. The book appears to be erotica, but without actual erotica, we head over to the adjacent stand. This is a book about pate. This book, we really don't understand what it's about, nor does it seem important. It takes some willpower to even read the author's name. Jan Kaos from Iguania. We see another book, Voidiero Culture. It promotes freedom and roaming upstream. Next to it, a book about the future. The government reads your mind using radio technology. Hello, sir. Step right in. The store is open. The young girl with chubby red cheeks waves at us, smiling. Her nose is also red from the cold. Hello. Are you interested in a new and exciting book? 
She stomps her feet to feel warmer. What kind of bookstore is this, anyway? She points at the window. It's a bookstore, sir. We sell books, postcards, and some board games. It's called Crime, Romance, and Biographies of Famous People. She points at the window. Now it seems our encyclopedia wants to kick in, but we're not really intelligent. So it fails the role. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold your horses, little girl. What is a postcard? A postcard is a small cardboard picture. You can write a few words on the other side and send it to your friend or beloved. What is a book? That is a book. They have stories inside them. It's like someone told you a story in a really long letter. Our empathy kicks in. She's unfazed by our questions. She would consider it impolite to point out any perceived weirdness. What is a board game? Board games are like little games on a table, made to pass the time. There are several different ones, but sailors here mostly buy cards. Interesting. Thanks. My pleasure. Anything else you'd like to know? We gain five experience. Is it okay if I ask you some questions? Okay, sir. I'll try to answer any questions you have. I hope they're about books. Who are all these famous people? Oh, kings and queens and generals of old, or artists and writers, or musicians, those kinds of people. There's usually something extraordinary about them. She scratches her cold, reddened cheek, then continues. I think that's why people read them, to find the secrets of their fame. Now can I become famous by reading one of those books? I don't know about that, but I imagine life is great when you're famous. Ah, those famous people seem like a bunch of dorks. Annette's expression remains ever so helpful, but she doesn't say anything. Never mind, I literally had nothing else to say. Okay! She looks at us with her wide eyes. So, what is this crime business? Crime fiction is about murderers, or burglaries, or things like that. And the work of a policeman or a private detective who's trying to solve crime and catch the criminals. Okay, I get it. Crime, murder, gets the people going. Mm-hmm. She tots. It's kind of like a puzzle, too. You can guess who the criminal is or how good guys are going to catch him. I'm a... I'm a policeman myself. You don't look much like a policeman. She examines us, as if to find something policeman-like. <laughs> what does a cop look like, then? Didn't mean to offend, sir. Sorry, sir. It's just that you don't look like Dick Mullen. She points to a book cover, on which we see a strapping vespertine officer. He stands grimly over the body of a dead woman. Wow, look at the guy. I'll never be as good as Mullen. Don't say that. He's not even real. You're real. Overshadowed by a fake man. That's harsh. She looks at us with sympathy. Ah, cheer up, sir. It's much easier being a fictional character. He doesn't have to deal with real things. Maybe you can show me some real deductive police work, sir? Her smile is warm and consoling, unlike the imperial image of Mullen. Like in the books? We try our hand at composure, a low chance at 28%. Okay, going to deduce something now. And we fail to deduce anything substantial. Annette waits intently. I am a detective, okay? I deduce that you are a girl. Come on, anyone would notice that. She rolls her eyes. Okay, got it, see you around. With that, we head inside. Now inside the bookstore. There are books and glass enclosures. We 
you see a few points of interest, and the center looks like a big pile of books. The very southeast corner of the shop, an angled stairway leads up. We see a curtain obscuring something. It's kind of creepy inside. A woman stands in front of us. Her garb is that of a librarian, medium length skirt, and she stands with arms folded. We have a look at some of the books. At the southwest corner, we notice gift books and molten candy. Adjacent to that stand, we see a display rack brimming with worn paperbacks, featuring an extremely muscular, sword-wielding barbarian on the cover. Nearly all the titles contain the word Hemdal somewhere. Rows and rows of Hemdaler men blur our vision. We make out some titles. Man from Hemdal and the Mammoth Riders. Man from Hemdal, Return to Hemdal and the Solipsistic. Man from Hemdal and the Hemdal Man. Good God, how many are there? The Man from the Hemdal series speaks to us. Maybe a hundred. Man from Hemdal and the Sages at the End of the World. Man from Hemdal and the False God. Man from Hemdal and the Scorched Earth. Man from Hemdal, the Hemdal Colonies. Man from Hemdal and the Swamp Beast. Man from Hemdal and the Snow Crabs. Our half-light kicks in. Those snow crabs are worse than they sound. Is that all? Not even close. Man from Hemdal in Hell. Man from Hemdal in the Forest of Slaves. Man from Hemdal, Hemdal burning. There's even the Trial of Death. A pastoral combat game book set in the world of Hemdalermen. And so much more. We try our pain threshold skill. Due to our pain threshold being 4. High chance, 72%. We roll success. A twinge at the back of our head makes us flinch. Our eyes start twitching. Uh, what is it? Our hand reaches toward a book with a glossy cover art of the very muscular man from Hamdahl, in chains, kneeling in front of a staircase leading to the throne. A woman sits on the throne, leering at the man. Inland Empire, she's laughing at him, belittling him. Between the throne and the Hamdahlerman lies a bonfire, casting shadows on the wall. The shadow of the woman's headdress looks like a pair of devil horns. The title reads Man from Hamdahl and the Devil Woman. Interesting. The display rack is burdened under piles of Man from Hamdahl novels. We have a locked option, and I believe it's due to us not having enough money. There's a 9, maybe that's currency. Locked option to buy the Man from Hamdahl and the Devil Woman. Storekeep, tell me about the Muscle Man books. Oh, Man from Ijimdahl, a very popular series of adventure novels. She looks at the book with some disdain. They're awfully immoral and violent books. Why are they so popular? Blood and violence scantily clad women, epic narratives, all those mystical things he encounters. They're bound to grab those with little imagination and nothing to do. Sounds good. Which one do I start with? What does it matter? They're all the same. She rolls her eyes, then fiddles with her pendant. However, the customer is always right, they say. We step away from this. In a dark corner of the bookshelves, we see old sports magazines tucked away. We head over to the center and check over that pile. It's a small mountain of colorful board game boxes. There are numerous types of games for all ages. We look into the pile of Wirral-related items. We see an endless variety of source books, lore books, and codices. The topmost book is titled Welkin Compendium, 2nd Edition. The Hunters of Katuak, Boreal Creature Compendium, and a Pick Your Path Adventure game book titled Tales of Wirral, Cavern of Velkrag. See if there's anything else that catches our eye. There's a box that says, Wirral, third edition mega setting supplements module. The side panel notes, a fantastic adventure board game. New maps and miniatures. A sticker on it displays 25 real. Just then our physical instrument kicks in. 
Nonsense, Franimic Binoclards. Storekeep, what board games do you have here? A very educational game for those interested in geography. Viticulturist is a classic for sure. Robberter is a fun game of economic competition, but can get quite intense after a while. We have games for the whole family. You can play even with your children. Our Inland Empire kicks in. Who are you going to play board games with? Do you have friends or family? Do I have friends? We look at the lieutenant. Are you actually friends? Or just colleagues thrown together by circumstance? Yes. Kids, friends, chicks. I have all those. Then you're a lucky man, officer. Children are the greatest of treasures. She fiddles with her pendant, thinking. For playing with friends, I'd recommend Suzeranti. It's a civilization building game where you build a civilization. Then set off to brutally colonize and repress other civilizations. It costs 12 real. Now we have two options, both locked due to our lack of real. Off in the northeast corner, we notice a book that collects the national recipes of Arda. They're all about lake trout. Before heading upstairs, we head off to a dark corner at the southeast end. We see a set of tattered curtains blocking the way to another room. A strange cage-like trinket dangles from the curtains. Excuse me, officer. The back room is strictly for employees only. Shopkeep, what's behind the curtains? Now please go back to browsing books. She fiddles with her pendant. Don't you feel compelled to look at the books? The books are all you care about. Oddly enough, the more she tries to draw us away from the curtains, the more alluring they become. We examine the strange cage-like trinket. We see some kind of charm, an irregular polyhedron, assembled from bones, sticks, and straws. Inside, a disturbing fish head with empty eye sockets stares at us. There's nothing else we can do with a fish head charm at this time. The curtains remain shut before us. We decide to pull open the curtains, just as we're about to pull apart the curtains. The petrified voice of the shop owner cries out once more. Sir, do not touch that. I told you it's off limits from customers. Her hand closes around her pendant, her fingers nervously playing with the talisman. Parapsychologically speaking, we are done here if you decide to open them. I won't be held responsible for the consequences. It's too dangerous. Our perception kicks in. We notice her looking away, mumbling. Why is everyone always messing with the curtains? Why can't they just buy the books like normal people? Ma'am, this is different. I'm a police officer. We need to get in there. Why? It's not like anyone was killed there. She stops abruptly as her hand flies over her mouth, baffled by her own bluntness. I am sorry. I don't mean to be so impolite. Just please don't go in there. I can't allow that. You'll only make things worse and unleash the powers. But I sense this place calling me. I must investigate beyond the threshold. You do? My God. Even more reasons not to mess with the curtains. Just step away, dear sir. I don't care. You can't stop me. I'll open them. No! She raises her hand to try and stop us. Please just talk to me, officer. Come here and let's talk this through before you decide to do anything extreme. Half-Light kicks in. Lies. Rip them open, we say. Inland Empire. There is something mysterious about the curtains. Be careful. We look at the curtains again. The curtains, tattered with age and covered in dust, hang before us, as if taunting us. We decide to rip them apart. Thank you to Renee Kim 
who provided the voices for Plaisance and Annette. If you would like to reach out to Renee, both her email and Discord are listed below. Thank you for joining us.